Welcome everybody to another episode of Back to the Basics. I'm here with my buddy Josh. What this up? is episode three. And today we're going to be diving in and having a discussion about one of my all-time favorite movies. 80s movie, classic, cult classic, Big Trouble in Little China. Dude, I'm excited. Dude, I've been trying to get you to watch this movie for years. Years. Years, okay. my dude. Yeah. And I'm so excited that you're finally going to watch it. And I... I can't wait to see what you think about it. And we're going to watch it together. Uh, I, to I told him years ago, I'm like, hey, there's two things that we need to watch together. Smallville Season 10 and <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. Because I know how much it, it, Eddie is very passionate about both of those things. But today, we're going to be tackling Chinese mysticism, San Francisco, and truckers, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be epic, dude. Yeah. It's going to be great. And I can't wait to share it with you and see what you think. And have it. a great discussion on an 80s classic. So let's dive into the episode. But before that, where can the people find us, Josh? Uh, they can find us over on our YouTube channel for the video version of every podcast. And we're going to be having exclusive content down the road on the YouTube channel. Back to the basics. Also, find our podcast, um, hopefully wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Yeah. And we have our Instagram. We try to post daily some nostalgic stuff and things that are close and near and dear to our heart. And also our Twitter. Um, hey, it's out there. Yeah, yeah. We try. We try to stay nostalgic on Twitter. I know Twitter is a very crazy place right now, but <laughs> we enjoy it. And uh, like Eddie always says, you know, go ahead and uh, tweet us. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> and uh, don't forget about our Twitch streams. Yes. So they can find us on uh, Twitch. That's twitch forward slash back to the basics got it and um yeah so let with that with all that out of the way let's go ahead and dive into today's episode let's get nostalgic let's do this josh oh what the hell <laughs> yes yo episode three we're getting into I cannot believe we're actually doing this, but we're going to be talking about <laughs> Big Trouble Little China because we just got done watching it, and you've been trying to get me to watch this movie for as long as I've known you. Years. It's like Literally years. The beginning of time. <laughs> since, since we first met each other. Literally. I remember sitting in that truck and telling you all about this epic journey 80s classic movie. We of were sitting inside the Pork Chop Express. Oh! The Pork Chop Express itself, Mr. Jack Burton. I told you all about the character, and yeah. I believe I I played the song for you. The epic uh, yes. entrance song that I said um. that I would love one day to have like an entrance music if I ever became a wrestler. And I was like, this is what I want. Yeah. And I played it for you, and I, I remember you nodding your head a little bit, and you were like, oh, it's, it's pretty catchy. dope. It's catchy. But until you see the film, yeah. and you see like everything that goes along with it, it was the whole aesthetic sells it right. The eighties, it's it's all practical effects. The that movie, classic synth, the, the synth, synth waves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, the whole movie was just uh, that was a ride. Especially if you're into uh, like okay, for actually sitting down and watching it for the whole length of the movie, <laughs> I I saw a lot of nineties movies. I remember you saying that while that we were I grew watching up with, it. and I was just like, "Dude, this is exactly like X, Y, and Z." Yeah, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like, so what you think about that? What do you uh, like? Well, obviously, okay. So, 
this movie was a, a box office disaster drop right? a box office failure i looked up i before we watched it before yeah. you're on your way here and i was like yo i got i got yo i gotta know something about this movie right <laughs> we can't just i gotta bring yeah nothing. i gotta bring something to the table yeah. here and um so basically the movie was uh written to set to set place in the 1880s which was wild to me when you told me i was like wait what yeah, i've never heard this it's supposed to be it was supposed to it was written as a western um, and there was going to be this Chinese mysticism mixed with this Western. And Jack Burton was going to roll up on a horse. <laughs> and as we could see with the finished product, it was a truck. Imagine that. Yeah. Fucking Jack Burton on the Pork Horse Express. The like, pork- <laughs> like what? The Pork Horse what? Express. Like, imagine that for yeah. a second. And I'm kind of glad they didn't. But now when you brought that up, I was like, I would love to actually kind of see like that iteration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to see what that would have been like. Hey dude, release the release the yeah. uh, the pork chop B- the pork chop cut. Yeah, release the pork chop cut. <laughs> Hashtag release the pork chop um, cut. But no, yeah, that, dude. That was that was cool. And I was like, yo, that's interesting. And I was surprised when you got here. I was like, did you know that? Like that's I that's the first I've ever heard of it. So I'm it, glad you did that little yeah, background. And basically the movie was like around twenty something million to make and, and it only made in theaters. Box office was only eleven million. Crazy. So huh? it was a failure. Yeah. Like uh, hands down. Yeah. And that would be a major failure at this point in day, this day and age. And it was, and it's interesting to know that the production, the uh, the production team or whatever, they rushed the movie because they wanted it to release before the uh, Eddie Murphy's The Golden Child. I remember. Yeah, you were telling me that that yeah. they had sort of like this similar similar plots or something storyline. Yeah. Which that's a good movie. I remember. I've actually that. never seen it. So no now way. that you told me that. I would love to go back and watch it because Eddie Murphy, when I was growing up, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, you know, mm-hmm. he was he was huge in those movies. Golden Child. Yeah. yeah check that so out. I might have to check that out. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's kind of an interesting history with how they presented this script with this uh, Chinese mysticism mixing with 1880s like Western like style see that's the part that interests me i would love to see how those two like collide you know because obviously of course chinese people and chinese culture was around back then but to see that in like a western setting versus like how they did in san francisco chinatown like my mind just goes all over the place and like when we were watching it I had we I was pointing out things like oh look at he's got the like the bandoliers yeah. he's got the revolvers they mentioned like dirty harry yeah there's like these western calls that if you didn't know that the script was supposed to be that you wouldn't catch it yeah yeah it's kind of interesting so when and I saw that throughout the movie and there was a lot of things that you caught that I never caught That's and I've crazy. seen this movie like probably northwards of a hundred times dude That's over the crazy. course of 20 years yeah yeah since it came out and well i grew up with it in the 90s of uh-huh. course but it came out in what 86 it came out 86 yeah, 1986 dude best year of all of history <laughs> of eternity um, <laughs> except 1990 you know the start of the 90s what go 90s oh there you go yeah <laughs> uh 80s today um but yes of course but how basically long story short the production team or what do you call them the the damn company yeah they said look no we don't we yeah the studio we don't want to highlight the 1880s western we 
I don't know because of what was happening in the film industry around. They said San Francisco because there was like a turn of the century thing. Yeah, and I don't know what if that was a mixture of like what was happening in martial arts. And if you look at it in in the movie, there's a lot of um, like landscape shots, wide shots of like San Francisco. You got the Bay Bridge. You've got Chinatown. Everything is like like historic culture and they show all these really interesting shots i think so maybe that's that. yeah it was like the what I, I guess he was saying when i was reading that is basically how i think that's what when when like chinatown was changing san francisco I, yeah i yeah. don't know well i mean chinatown's big in san francisco yeah, yeah it's but huge. around that time with the whole rise of martial arts or like bruce lee and stuff like and, that and that's what we were talking about previously is uh, martial arts in the 80s and 90s it was like it was huge like that was kind of the martial arts like era you've got movies like three ninja of course oh, God, mortal yes. Kombat, and it's funny yeah egg shan is uh the grandpa in three ninja and you were like wait that's what's his name yeah i, I love like, him i yeah. love him dude i love him He's yeah great. so you've got all these like martial arts movies coming up and yeah. uh this one is like a huge one dude they not only mix like martial arts but they mix chinese culture they shooting guns and uh black magic chinese black magic yeah uh, that was uh, what you think about that how was that for seeing it for the first time all around it was it was good and, and what was what was weird watching this after all this time like i said the whole time i was watching the movie i felt like i've already seen it i remember because you were like wait this is that part or this is like doesn't this happen and i was like because you've seen bits and pieces I've seen, yeah i've seen bits and pieces of like the first half of the movie yeah there was a lot in the second half i was like what the? there's that <laughs> creature that comes out and swallows that guy in the sewer and then yeah. there's that little floating head with all the eyeballs <laughs> like really good practical effects and that was the one special thing that i that i was like this movie is huge in practical effects yeah and there's like the sets everything is like custom made you've seen all those like when they're in david lopan's office and you kept telling me you were like dude i love that set just the whole look of it and it's like so like the chinese culture just ancient chinese stuff everywhere like it just just jumps out at you beautiful yeah and it and what i was telling you while we were watching the movie is like all the background stuff and the way everything's set and everything it creates like this world, this scene, mm-hmm. this vision. And that's what like for me as a kid, that just like I just dive headfirst into it because you, you almost lost. get you get lost in it. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of the magic is on this epic journey, like you just get lost. You just like fall down this rabbit hole of Jack Burton and the Poor Chop Express and his adventure and Chinese culture and black magic and it was it was kind it's kind of interesting how they hit the they hit like all the bases right you got super hot chicks right Kim Cattrall she was like the other chick oh well yeah the the I think she's Chinese but yeah um it's Wang Chi's uh fiance yeah he's like she's gonna change my whole life around (laughs) so like you got the 80s babes yeah you got the beefcake right jack burn like himself. that like that american beefcake um <laughs> which literally didn't really contribute to anything which i think is funny that we'll talk about in a little bit he's the comedy release. but then you had like the badass martial arts yeah those right? those fight scenes go go a little into that what did you think about the fight scenes All, i mean the things that immediately just like jumped to my mind was uh mortal Kombat. yeah the 90s uh movie 
and Ninja Turtles. Uh, I felt like there was a lot that those movies took a lot of inspiration from this movie. From this film. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know if it's exactly this movie and what the inspiration that, that led to this to, to this movie. Yeah, but somewhere along the lines, it's like, okay, I've seen that before, so we're going to, like... I mean, this whole scene during the, the ritual scene, right, where he's, like, marrying the two brides. Yeah. And there's, like, all of... I don't know if they're the golden Buddha statues or something. Yeah, they're all Buddha statues all the way around. That scene, I'm sorry, was <laughs> copy and paste. That, they... Mortal Kombat took that scene. When they're in the in the mesh hall, in the mesh hall, yeah, 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 yeah dude. And, and Sub Zero's, ah, they're flexing yeah. and, and you know flawless victory. Like, dude, yeah. And so I see, like, I, the whole time we were watching is like I feel like I've already seen this movie is because I've seen so many other movies that I grew up with that we grew up with that literally I feel like almost copy and pasted this movie. Yeah, Karate you know? Kid, Three Ninjas, Mortal Kombat. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh, yeah. And so that's what I'm saying is you have all these films that are like rich in like martial arts and Chinese culture and everything. And to go back and watch this, if you had never seen those movies or like vice versa, if you've seen those movies and then you watch this, now you're like, well, that's from that movie. You know, this is from Ninja Turtles. Like you would almost think like, oh, this movie copied that from that, you know, almost, but but this movie came first. Yeah. And so so my question to you is you've watched this movie all like all this time, right? 100. So many times. <laughs> 100. Um yeah. How do you how do you think that this movie went from a box office Crazy. failure? Crazy. to a cult classic. I think there was a lot of people that saw the movie so because Maybe at that time in the 1980s, well, you like you had Star Wars, you know, and they were like big time movies, epic grand adventures. But this movie maybe might have been like the beginning of what I was talking about, like Mortal Kombat and those other cult classics where martial arts was like coming up. So you had martial arts on the rise. And this movie, like you said, the movie was rushed, lower budget. So not a lot of use of extreme effects so you had a lot of practical effects and maybe it didn't catch a lot of eyes but then once it goes to home video and you're able to watch it now on a vhs video yeah coming soon i love that (laughs) and so now you're able to watch it in the comfort of your own home and now it's like later in the 90s and that's when i watched it and you have it on vhs it might come on hbo or something like that and so you're at home and you're like martial arts is like bigger now so you have like mortal Kombat come out street fighter double dragon and then you come across this big trouble in little china and you're like oh martial arts okay well oh it has uh it has kurt russell in it you know kurt russell was very new when this movie came out i think maybe he had done a couple things i think this was kim cattrall's first movie no way yeah i think it was her first what ever else movie she in? you talk about her like uh well she later went on to star in sex in the city that was like her big okay like, i recognize her face now. yes okay. and she's way older but this was like one of her first films interesting and so and of course you got john carpenter which uh i don't know if he made halloween first before this or after this but he goes on to make halloween early 80s yeah it's probably like it's 70s 80s but so he was probably riding that high wave and making a name for himself and doing all that and then you have big trouble little china well i guess he he was um he was he's wanted to do a he wanted to like get his feet wet in martial arts film exactly and i guess with everything that had happened with the studio 
and the whole shifting they basically said you know what well we're gonna take your story we're gonna change it and piss off i guess but they still got credited i don't know the whole story about the whole original script and everything but um i guess because of the film being rushed there was just all this stuff mm-hmm. that happened on behind the scenes george uh george carpenter <laughs> john carpenter john carpenter yeah said he kind of got a a distaste for the industry and he kind of led him uh, at that time in his career towards independent filmmaking and stuff. Yeah, it probably rubbed him the wrong way. And, you know, you have a studio and it's funny that this is back then and it's happening and it still happens today. You got studios getting involved and changing the director's idea or rushing a film to try to make a bunch of money. And it's not so much about the money. You know, it's about making a good classic feature film. And imagine if they had let him do like what he initially intended, like what was the script, you know, that he originally wanted. Um, And just you see what we got and to imagine like there was probably more, you know, there Mm -hmm. was probably more to it than that. And so if he had not rushed it, it probably would have not been such a big box office failure. I mean, San Francisco in the 80s, martial arts, big trucker, right? I I don't, I I can see how the Chinese mysticism and the 1880s would have been interesting because that would have been, obviously, you're still in the 80s, the 1980s, Mm -hmm. 100-year difference. You still have people like, oh, my God, there's green explosions and lightning coming out of hands (laughs) and stuff. Like, that's nuts, but still in the 1800s, you know, you have these Westerners like, oh, like demons. Imagine and how that would have been. Yeah. That would have been interesting. I don't think it would have been as good, though. No, probably not that. And so I, I, I am cool. Like, I love the movie. And to see what we got, like, that's amazing. But if they had maybe, you know, a little bit bigger of a budget, maybe not rushed. Like, OK, the, the script you don't like, we're going to change the script. Obviously, he did. Um, but they the the magic that he put into it, the use of practical effects, the, the soundtrack, like, let's just talk about the soundtrack in itself. Epic. Like, yeah, dude, what did you think about it? It was, it, it had me, it had me just like going the whole time. You were dancing, you were having it. You were just like, yeah, you were just like, you knew every note, like you knew every single note. And you know what, you know, sometimes, I'm not saying this movie's bad in any respect at all. I I very much enjoy it. I love old school '80s movies like this. This is why I don't know how I went so far to not watch it. Right? Yeah. Um, but it's when you can see when somebody in, it enjoys something so much. Yeah. You're just like, you kind of look at it and you and, and you go, well, it might not be that like, oh my god, to me like mind melting. But when somebody else enjoys it so much, they go out of their way. They know every line. They know every tempo to every song on the soundtrack. That's inspiring. That just goes, you know what? Like, this is obviously super special yeah. for a reason. And then you kind of you, you watch it with a little bit of a different lens, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I was kind of looking at it like, like, what was things that made this movie memorable to someone like you as a child? Yeah. And there was some scenes in there where I, where I was like, dude, if, if I saw that as a kid... That would have scared the shit scared out of me. Scared you, yeah. yeah. And I think as a kid, um, you know, I would see a lot of, like, the the martial arts side of it because, uh, and I might have seen Mortal Kombat maybe before this movie, like, in the 90s growing up, uh, but I was very big into, like, martial arts films, you know? Uh-huh. And um, 
So I would always focus on that part. And Jack Burton, he was just like this persona, just like this larger than life. And he was ignorant to everything. And he it, was ignorant to, yeah, to like he's pretty like, much what is going on? Everything. You know, he was very much of a, um, and th- this, which what what's really interesting about this movie is you kind of have the, the, the side character. He's like a sidekick to Jack Burton. Yeah. But I truly believe Jack Burton was the sidekick the entire movie. He was the sidekick. Yeah, dude. Cause you see Wang Chi, every fight scene, he's like whooping ass and like taking out everybody. And then you have that scene where he like, where Jack Burton goes to take his knife out of his boot and it flies across the room. And then Wang Chi's just like ninja kicking everybody. Dude, ninja kick the damn rabbit. <laughs> yeah. It, it was very interesting to see how you have the, 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 the leader of the movie, the, the, the number one star all over the and he poster. Literally does nothing. And he literally almost does nothing. He's just caught in the moment. He has his moments. He's he's for me, and that's kind of what I alluded to earlier. Is he's almost like the comedy relief. Like oh, everything's definitely. serious, serious, serious. And he's like, "Well, somebody tell me what the hell is going." On. Like he 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 just and he you can cap he like captures you as an audience member. Like he's just so oblivious to everything. Really and they even say is. it in the movie. They're like, you wouldn't understand. Like, we don't want to explain it to you. Cause he you won't get it. He kind of stops talking to him. He kind of stops trying to explain everything at, at a certain point. He's just like, dude, just follow me. Let's go. Yeah. Like, just roll with it. Yeah. You just roll with it. And you just have these like iconic characters. Like Egg Shen comes in and Wang Chi. <laughs> you even have the, the, the third little side character, Eddie. <laughs> I was like, Eddie. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. And, um, but you like David Lopin and uh, the Three Storms. You have all these characters that are just like almost larger than life. You know, they're uh-huh. they're just so epic. And I remember watching you and uh, anytime those Three Storms would come on the screen, you're like, what the hell? Like the electricity. And he's just like, ah, yeah. And For a movie that was kind of, you can't, well, it wasn't really grounded in like practical effects because there was a lot of special there effects. Was. But I feel like they could have they could have used the special effects a lot worse. And they didn't. And Especially I like that the because time. they they you, you had mentioned the when special effects the best movies are a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Not all practical, yes. not all special effects, but when you have a, a mix a beautiful mixture of both and and that's what it was. And when those what were they called? The storms. Yeah, the three storms. Three storms. When they came out, to me, I was like, dude, these. It, it, you got the the low pan guy. He 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 reminded me of like Shang Tsung. Yeah. Right. And you and then uh and then you had like those uh the storms. You had one guy that reminded you of Raiden. Another guy Big reminded time. me of of Fujin, the god of wind. And this was like all Mortal Kombat. And I'm really intrigued, and I would like to to kind of go back and see. How much, because I know it, there's got to be a percentage. They, yeah. How much of this movie inspired Mortal Kombat? Because they talk about the Emperor. They t- And, you know, he's like sucking their souls or some shit. Like all that light. That yeah. shit scared me. Yeah, I remember. I looked I was over like, at Whoa, you. Oh, dude. I looked over at you when it happened. You were like, what the hell? <laughs> if I seen that, I would be freaked out as a kid. Like, yeah. I would be like, yo, his, the way his jaw kind of like. It like drops, yeah, and then you just see this light come out of his mouth. And Jack Burton even says that he's like, with light coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Like, and Jack Burton is literally freaked out. He he's never seen any of this before. Uh, but then you have Wang Chi, and he's like, I've heard all these stories as a kid, it's and sensitive. we grow up not wanting to believe like all these stories because 
the emperor and him cursing him that takes place in 202 bc or something like that so that's like super long ago when china was first it was over 2000 years yeah dude and so um you've got like this really rich culture and history that they set up throughout the course of this movie they keep like alluding to it mm -hmm. and then you find out like what happened to lopan and everything that went down and that he's trying to become human and appease the god appease the emperor and uh try to yeah become human again so he can rule the universe that's what he keeps saying he was like i want to rule the universe and you got jack Byrne who's just kind of joking here and there and he's like oh is like are you crazy is that your problem that's one of my favorite lines dude and so i i think that pretty much anything jack burton said in the movie was, just, was one of your favorite lines yeah and and i like gush over it and it's just he's this epic character truck driving like shit talking but then at the same time he does literally nothing i feel like um jack burton's character or jack burton jack burton i feel like he was like almost uh the audience he's you because you're i've heard of tossed, that before he you're being tossed yeah. into this mythical world of mysticism and you're just kind of like what and so you what? see everything from like his eyes what yeah i saw i seen something like that it was like an article or something oh, really and yeah and it says that like literally you're on this ride with jack burton and that's why you probably relate to him the most is because as he's going through everything you don't understand anything you're experiencing it you're like what is this what is that and so um, what's this what's this <laughs> another jack yeah um, oh, yeah, they, yeah. Um, you love jacks exactly jack sparrow jack burton jack burton, skellington jack skellington all of them they're yeah. just iconic characters mm -hmm. and it's something about the name jack like it just jumps out at you so mm -hmm. my dog's name is jack so <laughs> of course yeah. it is of course yeah. it is of course but and that's part of this movie it inspired me i mean like it just it's funny throughout the course of my uh being is there's a lot of movies that jump out at me and all my favorite characters are named jack and that might stem from you know growing up watching this and just being so young and impressionable and seeing him in the truck and he's driving through the streets of san francisco and as a kid i always wanted to be on that adventure with yeah. them you know jump in the truck and go on and i love how the way you always explain this movie is you always really focused on him as a truck driver yeah you know yeah and special special to me yes yeah, yeah. and i can see how you know um you related with that uh, a lot and uh, how the pork chop express is pretty much a character of of, of its own the truck yes yes and i feel like we were supposed to get a second movie a sequel like the way this ends just mm -hmm. so open ended you it ends with a creature literally on the pork yeah. chop express as jack burton's driving away driving away into the distance and then you zoom back and you zoom out and you come to the end of the truck and it's almost of, like aliens yeah movie. yeah and and there's a lot of like similarities you see in just the slightest way they almost set up well what's jack burton's next adventure yeah because of that that creature's still alive so why who else he, is still alive why didn't he kiss that girl uh, I think that's in his character. It's in his nature to be kind of like a... He kissed her when he wanted to. Exactly. But then at the end, you can tell she wanted. He leaves her wanting more. Because she, she did want him at the end. 
as an audience kind of, member, that's what I got though too. You're left wanting more. Like, okay, what's next? More. I like all these characters now. Exactly. Let's get on the next adventure. You want to see what's next? Yeah. Because everybody lived from the like the the hero cast. The uh, press girl hooked up with Eddie. Yeah. And they're all hooked up. They got you know he got his girl back, and then now she's left alone because Jack's off off doing his adventure, and that's the life of a trucker, dude. He's he's got to keep, keep moving. moving. He's got to keep oh, moving. Okay, and that's sense. what he says. He was like, every now and then, you know, I'm gonna rub somebody the wrong way. Yeah. And then it's just gonna end. Mm-hmm. And they kind of allude to that in in the in the whole movie. Uh, Low Pan even tells him he was like, you seem like someone who you know knows very well about relationships and how they seldom ever work out. Like he tells him oh, straight he, up. Yeah. Yeah, because Jack tells him he goes. Uh, he says like it's been ten. 2000 years like you've never come across a girl it's never worked out yeah <laughs> he's like of course there's been others like there's always others but uh it's just the whole movie and i could line after line after line and that's for me in this movie there's a lot of epic classic lines and they're either either like little funny tidbits or like really epic like that dialogue that he has at the end where he's talking about poison arrows falling from the sky i and, love that it's it almost like grand. he's busting a promo, like in wrestling. He's just yeah. like, bring it on. Like, I'm ready. What's my next adventure? And that's whatever what you... gets thrown at me. He said, shake the pillars of heaven. It's just so epic. Like, yeah. he's literally telling a story right there. Just that little dialogue. Mm-hmm. He's like, bring it on. What's my next journey? Let's I'm ready. It. And as a kid growing up watching that movie, I always wondered, like, is there going to be a part two? I wanted a part two. I wanted to see what was next for Jack Burton. And I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years back, a certain a certain favorite uh, actor wrestler of mine wanted to either make a part two or remake oh, this movie. Was that okay? I remember that it was D- Batista. No, no, who was it? The Rock. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He wanted to make a sequel. A sequel to, to this. Big Trouble Little China yes. and he wanted to play Jack Burton. Yes. Or or he wanted to play a character and still have Jack Burton in there some way shape or form like Kurt Russell. Um, oh, he wanted to bring He wanted Kurt to bring Russell Kurt back. Russell in and also he wanted to see about getting John Carpenter back to work on the movie whether it either be and it a all script fell apart, huh? And it, it he said what he said he goes I don't want to touch it unless it's going to be epic. Unless it's going to be a really good film. Because he did the same thing with Jumanji. He said, the first one, so great. Robin Williams, like, you almost don't want to touch it. You really don't. Because yeah. it's it's beautiful. It's a piece of art. And so he goes, I'm not going to come into it unless it's going to be something that everyone, I feel, will know and love. And it continues that greatness of a story. And so that's what I think. I think he's just waiting. He's just biding his time till he comes across something. But I think that was his goal is he wanted to get Kurt Russell and John Carpenter involved in some way, shape, or form. And unless he does, I don't think he's going to touch it because it's so epic. My question is if this movie, okay, say if this movie, right, wasn't rushed, it came out, it was successful, they, they greenlit a second film, right? Yeah. Say if it made another 10, 10 say if it, it, it came out even. It made an, an, another $10 million mm-hmm. in box office. It came out kind of even. It got greenlit. They made a second one. Do you feel that the first one would have been a cult classic at that point? Do you think that sequels kind of sell out what can become a cult classic if you only have one? Do you think sequels kind of water down the franchise? Because 
obviously everyone has that terminology, especially back in the eighties and nineties. Sequels are never as good as the original. As the original, yeah. Now it's a little bit of a different story um, in today's in today's world, but then yeah, it's almost kind of like sequels sucked. Yeah, yeah. What do and, you think and, if they made a second movie? How would the first one? How would it, the whole franchise be perceived? So, for me, from my standpoint, I personally always loved sequels, and I've gone into this before. Where, whether it be like a trilogy, I always loved the second movie a little more than the original. Really, Back to the Future Two, love it. Of course, Back to the Future is great all on its own, Part One. Yeah. But there's something about Back to the Future Two that just brings me in, and then Part Three kind of falls off. Mm-hmm. Um, Empire Strikes Back. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles 2. I love more than the original. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2. I'd rather watch that than the first. So it's something about that sequel for me is always a little bit better than the original. Mm -hmm. So knowing that and seeing how the first one, well, of course, it kind of bombed. But if they would have greenlit a second one and said, well, now let's put them both together as like a continuation of the story, it would have been interesting to see, well, maybe the sequel will almost make the first one a little bit better or you're continuing the story. So now there's more, maybe the audience felt like it just kind of ended. And I remember we were watching it and you were like, that's it. Like uh, that's the end. I like, felt what, like we what just happened? got started. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it was purposefully done that way to set it up for a sequel so that it leaves you wanting more so that you'll come back. But of course I, I think audiences weren't ready. And if you would have had that sequel, I almost feel like, though, when you make a sequel, there has to be a trilogy in everything. Why? Why? I don't people, think so. People always want more. They always want more. So even and, – and most of the times, especially like in the 90s, trilogies weren't as good as the sequel. You have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, not as good as Part 2. Well, I think at that point, I think the studios, I think the studios really think that like, oh – um, let's just throw on a third one because it's already gonna sell. They start We're throwing things in. We're gonna sell it. Yeah. Like people are gonna go see it, right? Look at the look at the look at the look at the numbers for one and two. People are gonna go see it. But then people go, Did you even try that hard? Exactly. Now you're just throwing things in there just to make another movie. So you yeah. got like Back to the Future Three. The plot line was good there in the old west, but there was things about it, it wasn't as special as like part two. Ghostbusters two, super epic. Had they made a third one probably wouldn't have been that great i don't know it, and and see ghostbusters stopped at part two they were like we're done mm-hmm. you know until tons of years later and now they're we don't talk about that movie <sighs> yeah um but we got a new one coming out so that should be good yeah but me personally i love big trouble in little china dude i would love to see hopefully one day a sequel i just hope someone comes along and makes it with the same care and love and that they actually use that bit of magic that practical effects mix with a little bit because visual effects rule now you know everything is yeah. visual effects visual that effects. movie had amazing visual effects the lightning effects were really and good it was, it was really simple like it was just like here and there like the it light coming really out of his good. mouth the lightning and they just give you a little bit like at the beginning when he does the lightning with his yeah. hands it's very small that's all it takes it's very small. very small and I so think the, the worst CG in the movie was definitely the the ball, right? There was a scene where one of the I liked the ball. The ball wasn't. That I liked bad. the ball too, but that's what I'm saying. That was the worst. Yeah. Well, it, I didn't like the rubber feet when when the when the dude goes 
a little oh, okay. big and he starts blowing up That's and thunder i believe right yeah thunder, thunder gets all agitated because his boss dies and you know he starts he, he basically explodes himself and he self-destructs is okay so yeah okay okay voltorb right <laughs> He self-destructs. He self-destructs. And how about uh, how about got... lightning though? When he comes through and he makes that grand entrance. Oh, dude, in the sewer. Dude, when dude, he like dude, dude. he's like, I was like, why isn't he he's sitting there? You know, hitting lightning on on the on the uh, the roof like in the sewer like above him. And I was like, what is he doing, dude? Yeah. You were like, oh, just wait, like. Yeah. And I was like, wait for what? He's got like, his enemies wait, in wait. front of him. Start shooting him like Palpatine. Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but then you're like, wait for it, wait for it, and then he yeah. starts walking forward, and then like the it falls like yeah. all perfectly behind him. It was on. just so epic that's that scene right there. It just was visually. very cinematic, and very and I told cinematic. you I was like, that looks like Raiden right there, and you were like, that's better than Raiden, like from the movie, from the '90s movie. Yes, they nailed like if yeah, if, if Raiden, that would be Raiden. If I've never seen Big Trouble in Little China, and you were like, hey, have you ever seen that Mortal Kombat movie? That was set in San Francisco, and I would have been like, "What?" And you showed me just scenes of it, like light, and you would have been like, "This is Raiden. What do you think?" And I would have been like, "That's better than the then, '90s yeah. Mortal Kombat." Well, Wang Chi is uh, Liu Kang. It's it's canon. It's confirmed. What? <laughs> Wang Chi, the, the sidekick. He's oh that's Liu yeah, Kang. yeah yeah it's yeah. Confirmed. He was badass, dude. So basically, at the end of that movie, when th- they go into, um, there was like the ceremony and stuff like that. He kicks ass. He just, what do they drink, dude? He Are they goes drinking into mushrooms? Like, what yeah. the hell was that? Uh, seven fang bag or something. I think that's what they call it. Seven bag fang or something. Yeah. It's just like this little potion Concoction. liquid. Yeah. And Jack even asked him, he's like, what's in it? And he was like, all the best things, you know, like, uh, give you a huge buzz, make you do huge things. Buzz. No one else can do see things. No one else can see. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the movie turned into a uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah. Right. They're flying through the sky. They're flying through the sky. Like, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. ding. And it's just really epic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you got these just over-the-top fight scenes and these over-the-top scenes, remember, where they're flying through the through the, through the the air and you can see, like, the, the, the neon, neon behind them. And it's just, it's over-the-top. It is. But it's really cool. It really it, is. For, especially for the time, probably, in the 80s. I would have loved to see this in the drive-in. Ooh, dude. I would have loved to see this. Don't even give me that idea because now I'm just going to, I'm going to, go want that like i'm just gonna be like put on big trouble in little time dude i mean honestly i think right now i think what we should do is we should time. invest in a big a nice projector two big ass stereo speakers so you're saying you want to back to the basics uh driving yeah let's make our own driving okay yeah so uh go friends fund me f- friends and family uh yeah. go fund me ink to the people oh, um <laughs> imagine doing a go fund me for a drive-in movie theater, a drive-in like a local drive-in that would be mm-hmm. so epic it's just imagine having a movie night with your community like back to the basics oh. big now, trouble little china don't terminator give me, don't give me ideas yeah. <laughs> we could amazing. go on and on but uh but yeah man um so overall what this movie for you uh do you want to rate it do you want to give it a rating uh, i'm not a rating type of guy okay okay i'm not really fine. a rating i don't i feel like if It'll you probably rate be a 10 out of 10 for me so if I, I feel like rating something just puts it in a box that's true that, that's uh, definitely true. It, how can you put a rating on something like I this? I feel like if you're into martial arts films, if you're into 80s and or 90s, and especially 80s movies, um, 
if you're kind of around our age, we grew up in the 90s. And so mm-hmm. there's probably certain movies. I mean, this movie came out, you know. Yeah, 86. Yeah, 86. So yeah. I was a uh, zero. <laughs> so, so certain movies in the 80s I've missed out on personally, right? Yeah. And going back and watching this and seeing how it has influenced so many movies I grew up with. The culture and the future and... It's it's kind of like, you know, uh, respect to your elders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it all comes from somewhere, you know. Respect it, what came first. And if you didn't have this movie... And I'm not saying that this movie is the very first movie to have, you know, Chinese mysticism and action. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But... You could just see badass movie. like where it goes, like the timeline, and it's like, okay, like I've seen this before, so maybe And I definitely do not think this movie would have been a cult classic without Kurt Russell. Oh yeah. He sold the whole yeah. thing. Because he's just so oblivious and he's so like uh, and and you just believe his character. You believe that he's just this American dude, truck driver, like uh doesn't know anything about the culture. Or he's just along for the ride. Yeah. You know, he's he just, just wants on this his journey. money. Exactly. Just want the whole thing. Just he's wants just his after money. his truck. And you, you see the line, the, that classic line. There's my truck. <laughs> my truck. Like, he, he's just, he's this character. And what about like all the undertones to the movie? Did there's you, a lot. Did you pick up like that when I was, because I was sitting there trying to make sense of it. There's a lot. You know, and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. So. This is like they're legit, like human tra- trafficking. Yes. Did you notice that as a kid? No, not as a kid. I, I was like, I didn't know what the White Tigers was. I didn't know they were selling people off, but they were literally that was human taking tra- those trafficking. women, selling them to whorehouses, and yeah. Uh, and that's interesting that you know, as a kid, you don't pick up on that stuff. No, because you're no. just like, oh, what are these? Ki- yeah, what are I just these? Remember chicks- seeing them throw a girl in the trunk and and all these dudes running out of the hotel, pulling their pants up. What are they doing? Yeah, so you're oblivious to a yeah. lot of like the undertones and everything, and it's interesting to see that as an adult. But for the most part, like you're just like in awe of like the yeah. action and the and the score. The the score is just it pulls me in. For me, I'm a big score guy. If you have a score in a movie that's epic. I'm there. Sets the tone, literally. It definitely. And it, and it did set the tone. It, oh, it, yeah. It drove the film. Every time it got a little more intense, the, the, the I score like heightened. pretty much that whole movie, there was that... Doo, 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 doo. Like, it was just like, okay, what's going to happen? And that's Let's classic 80s. Yeah, it was like this tension build. Classic 80s. Right? Yeah. And John Carpenter knows how to build tension. Build the tension. Right, from Halloween and shit. A reveal. You know, you have, like, you have multiple reveals in this, in this uh, movie. Or, sure. or like uh, when lightning and thunder is coming through, and you have that big entrance, like that's, yes. and you even go back to the beginning of the film, and you even told me you know, when the truck comes over the hill, and the, yeah, just cue the music right. You got that, you got that long shot of the road, and then, boom, the truck just pops and then, up. Just epic, dude. Yeah. And so that's huge for me. Is this movie? It made me fall in love with the culture. And the style of the '80s and martial arts, and at the end of the day, what more do you have to ask for? You know, hey, dude, '80s babes, beefcakes, and martial arts. I'm there. It was a great recommendation. Trucks and and big ass trucks. There you go. <laughs> um, you know, you got to get that tank top. 
I would love to get that tank top. They got it on Amazon. One of these days, man. Yeah, maybe one day to... you're going to show up to the dojo and it's uh, just going to be sitting here shining uh, under a light. Don't you tempt me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, great recommendation. I'm actually really excited and happy that I didn't watch this on my own, that we watched it together. Yes, yes. So I would love cool. to have more experiences like this and you know, do more episodes of us watching old school and new school movies together. Hell yeah. 80s all day. Um, so until uh, next. Oh, before we go, Ooh. we do know that there is a sequel, the comic book, right? That I we didn't touch about on that. that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, one, uh, maybe sometime in the future we'll have to uh, sit down and read some of it and have a discussion. That would be cool. Because I would be interested to see where they went with the comic. What the storyline is. What the storyline is. What characters come back. There's still a couple uh, comics I still have to get from that uh, from that comic to complete my, my set. So yes. I'm still going to have to do those. But uh, That'd be fun. this man got me uh, the first comics of yeah that, graphic novel that sequel and so it's yeah see there always there was always supposed to be a sequel. sequel yeah and i totally forgot about that but yeah um it's exciting definitely but uh it's been good dude uh great recommendation yeah um i'm glad you liked it dude what's your favorite line out of the whole movie oh what the hell <laughs> or Until or jack burton always says at a time like this oh what the hell until next week, friends. Yo, that was a fun discussion about Big Trouble in Little China. Man, it was uh, it was great to finally watch it with you, yeah. and then to have that in depth discussion afterwards. Mm. Uh, what you think, man? Dude, I mean, this movie is super entertaining. I don't know how I went my whole life without watching this. Really, I mean, I don't know if I was more entertained by the film. Or by Eddie over here dancing to the entire soundtrack the it's whole a, time. It's a really epic soundtrack, yeah. man. And uh, go go ahead and uh, check it out. Uh, listen to the soundtrack. You will see what he's talking about. Classic 80s. Um, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm glad you finally stuck around to watch it. And uh, we got to share that together. It was epic. So yeah. until next time, friends, um, you know, check us out on all the social media platforms. And uh, Josh, what else you got? Um, not much. We appreciate your support. Appreciate your energy. Um, thanks for sticking around and listening to, uh, two besties sitting here <laughs> drooling over stuff they love until next Saturday. Friends stay nostalgic on that eternal quest to get back to the basics. Peace.